most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Night Shift Podcast. This is your week three night shift preview featuring the Sunday night and Monday night football DFS slates. I am your host, Chris Raybon. Joined as always by one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I, I can't believe it's already week three. And I know a lot of people are going to say that, but no, I, I literally can't believe it's week three. Yesterday, I put out a couple tweets saying it was week two. Um, <laughs> so that's so I'm legit still in week two. Uh, but man, we are flying through the season. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got, uh, you know, last week we had a couple of Monday night games. This week we're back yeah. to one. Let us jump in to the uh, Sunday night football slate. And we got the 49ers at the Denver Broncos in mile high. So they always have a good home field advantage. But uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo got announced as a starter, that point spread flipped. I got Niners plus two and a half. And right now, as we record this, uh, it is Niners minus one and a half. So about a four point swing on the point spread. The total is around 44 and a half, 45. So, you know, the freaks come out at night. Who's going to have a free performance? Cortland Sutton is going to have a freak performance. He's like the ideal captain play here uh, because a few months ago, the Broncos wide receiver room seemed pretty crowded. They had Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. Um, and right now it's pretty much just Cortland Sutton with, you know, Jerry Judy uh, and KJ Hamler dealing with injuries right now. Tim Patrick, unfortunately is out for the season. So um, Sutton has been dominating the team's air yards. He's accounted for, 40% of them, which ranks sixth in the league. Um, and as predicted, he's seeing more accurate downfield throws from Russ Wilson. So five of his six downfield targets have been catchable. Um, this is a connection I think um, will only get better as the season goes on. So um, really whatever happens with Judy or Hamler, even if they're active, I think um, Sutton in this spot is definitely the best captain play in my opinion. Yeah, and Judy did not practice Thursday. KJ oh. Hamler, uh, I believe, was limited. It's uh, it's not looking good for, for Jerry Judy, which is the bigger one, obviously. I think Hamler yeah. would be on a pitch count either way. He just doesn't seem all the way back just based on, you know, what we've seen out of him this far. So, uh, yeah, Cortland Sutton should be the you know the, the target hog again for these uh, for the Broncos. Uh, for me, I think Jeff Wilson has a free performance yes. uh, on this night because uh, you look at the 49ers and what are they going to do in this spot? You know, they're going to, they're going to try to run the football. Obviously they're going to, I think they're going to have some success throwing it, but uh, they can spread it around a little bit more with George Kittle back. And I think Kittle has a great matchup by the way. So if he's active, uh, he's another kind of sneaky play in that spot, but uh, Jeff Wilson, uh, I think he should dominate the backfield work. You kind of called it last week. Uh, and they're not they're not using Jordan Mason, so I doubt they use Marlon Mack 
either a ton. And if they do, it, was, it probably won't be in the passing game. So I expect Wilson to get, you know, 15, 20 touches in this spot. And if the Niners are in a positive game script, even better. So uh, I really like Jeff Wilson in this spot. But I do think Kittle is sneaky because Justin Simmons uh, is out for Denver, the safety. And that's that's usually the guy who's going to line up on those elite tight ends and and, and cover them. And uh, without him, I think it, it, it's going to be a little more open for Kittle uh, coming back off this injury. Yeah, I love the Wilson call, and um, you're not worried about uh, Tevin Coleman at all? Now he's um, so he's, he's going to be on the practice, practice squad. Yeah, so yeah. it's going to be like the, the B-Riders are saying it, it. They're not even sure whether it's Mac or Mateson that's going to be number two. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just projecting yeah. them kind of equally right now, but I'm, most of the carries are going to Wilson and, and of course, Debo. But yeah, uh, obviously. That's, that's why they don't really <laughs> – the, the second back doesn't even really matter a lot at this point because they just use Debo yeah. as that as that second back. But Tevin Coleman being the league winner weeks 11 through 17 <laughs> at the end would be the most Kyle Shanahan thing ever, right? If there's any goal line carries, Wilson is like minus 800 to get them. Um, so that's why I like his value. They've been using him in the passing game. I know they don't throw much, but I think having Jimmy G under center helps him, right? Like it boosts his touchdown odds. Uh, they're probably, they're going to score more points with Jimmy G under center. Um, have a more traditional offense. So he has less goal line competition, you know, with Trey Lance out of the picture. So uh, I just love Wilson's touch on upside on one game slate like this. Yeah. Denver likes to blitz too. They're second in blitz rate. And usually that's bad for running backs, but a lot of times they'll run Wilson hot on a blitz route. Like he's actually one of the few mm, yeah. running backs that has uh, his yards per route in his career versus man coverage is higher than zone. He has 1.3 versus man and uh, just 0.8 versus zone. So he's run, it's not a lot, big sample, but he's run 71 routes against man coverage in his career, and he's got eight catches for 91 yards and a touch. So uh, that's kind of uncommon for a running Yeah, it's route. bizarre. Yeah. So, I mean, but you could see, you know, at the goal line, because they love, teams love to blitz Jimmy G, so I don't expect Denver to back down here, even though he's kind of killed the blitz. He's He was uh, 10.1 yards in attempt last year, seven touchdowns, one pick. Uh, a 128 passer rating was second in the league against the blitz. So you you think teams would calm it down, but – I don't know. Denver has been blitzing so far, so I, I kind of expect them to continue. All right. Uh, what about for other guys? Dart throws, do you like? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, they're okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Dart throws. So uh, I'm going with Juwan Jennings on the Niners side. Um, you know, Jimmy G back under center elevates the passing game. I already hinted at that. So obviously more volume all the way around. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle are the obvious suspects to see a big boost from that but Jennings could be sneaky especially you know a, a bet to score a touchdown here all five of his touchdowns last year were from Jimmy G um, and that's all he's gonna have to do here to break the slate so I, I think Jennings is a sneaky touchdown bet which is perfect for a showdown slate um, is Albert O considered a dart throw at this point uh, or as I'm calling him Albert zero after last week yeah, I mean um, if you like I, him just mention him because that's you know I people, think, I think people, people, <laughs> people 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 might be off him um, so I, I'm going to go back in and double down on him especially if Judy and Hamler are out or limited um, you know it's kind of fluky last week he, he he saw two targets didn't catch either one of them but he's running a healthy route rate around 65 percent so he could blow up at any point this is the perfect time to just reinvest in him and then the long shot play for me is the worst starting quarterback in NFL history Kendall Hinton um <laughs> now the, he needs a few things to happen right um but he saw the most playing time once Jerry Judy went down he ran right ran route on 71 percent of dropbacks last week so if Judy's out 
Hamler's out, um, and they call up Hinton from the practice squad again, uh, he could be the number two receiver there. So he's somebody to keep an eye out for. Um, only managed to, you know, haul in one target or one catch last week off one target for 20 yards, but he could be sneaky here. Yeah, Kendall Hinton, is, he ran around, what, 71% of the time last week? Yep. So, yeah, that's something to monitor because that's it's near starting. It's like a number three wide receiver workload, which could be enough. I mean, this is a, uh, a Niner defense, you know, they they're going to if they get ahead, you, they're going to show and play zone and not blitz very much. So there could be some catches to be had that won't be like super contested for Hinton. Yeah, I like on the Niner side. It's tough because they don't use a lot of like they're just kind of using their stars mostly. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll go with Ray Ray McLeod because I Ooh. saw that his his usage went up last week. He went from uh, about around on 26 percent of the dropbacks in week one to 36% last week. And that was even with Danny Gray, uh, the rookie wide receiver five active. So uh, I I heard that Jimmy G, you know, he's uh, like McLeod is kind of an ideal target for him because Jimmy G, you know, likes to put the ball on the receiver and and give them room to run. And that's kind of what McLeod does. So I like him as like a sneaky play. He also uh, plays some special teams to maybe get, get, uh, get a return or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with McLeod on San Fran. And then on Denver, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's Tyree Cleveland. Uh, I think it's Hinton. And then if if, if it's not Hinton, Tyree Cleveland is probably going to be the third receiver. Uh, so he's someone to mention as well. But it's kind of crowded with Denver because you have all these tight ends. Uh, you have, you know, Andrew Beck, the, the fullback. <laughs> oh God, here we go. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving make fullbacks great again and he was, he was ignore him this time he was featured in uh in, in week one but uh 14 of the route on 14 percent of the dropbacks last week so nothing it was actually up from week one so hey you never know with uh <laughs> with i mean you know, it, it's gonna be like eric sauber or eric tomlinson scoring yeah. a touchdown sauber's got one last week no i know i, I yeah. know and the routes run rate like i i this is not the time to target a backup tight end, but yeah, Sauber already cashed in last week. Um, so I wouldn't use him here. Famous last words. I know. And what's <laughs> up with Montreal Washington. He's just, he's just not panning out. I, he got that design um, run play, um, which he did he, in the preseason. He looked good. He scored like a 20 yard uh, play on a, uh, like a jet sweep or something. So mm-hmm. he's just kind of a gadget guy, but he hasn't seen the routes run rate. You would have hoped so far this season. Yeah, I thought he was going to kind of be that backup slot. So when Hamler went down, I was expecting Washington to kind of pick up that playing time. But yeah, he was behind Hinton and Cleveland in that last game. You know, he is a rookie, so his numbers, like his usage, could go up gradually as the season progresses. So it might not be a bad idea, you know, as especially in a large field because he is the most explosive. Like if anyone's going to break a big play, it's Washington. It's not. It's not Hinton or Harry yeah. Cleveland or the tight end. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actually hate it. I think, you know, with rookies, you just got to kind of project forward a little bit. So uh, I don't think he's stuck forever in, in this uh, yeah. usage rate, but uh, yeah, he was definitely the, the fourth wide receiver last week. And we, we can't get through this game without just mentioning Javante Williams. Um, you know, I was very encouraged with his usage last week. Um, he, he stepped up, he saw 48% of the rush attempts compared to Melvin Gordon, 32. So all is right with the world. He is still their main pass catching back and their goal line back. So 
Um, I'm very high on Javante here. I didn't get to mention him in the captain slot, but he'd, he'd be my second best bet behind Corlin Sutton. Yeah, I mean, Niners do have a tough run defense, though. They're allowing 2.6 yards per carry this year. So I think he might have to do it a little more in the passing game yeah. this week. And, of course, we got, you can't also leave this slate without mentioning Kyle Juszczyk, the best fullback on this slate. <laughs> exactly. Make fullbacks great again. He's got three targets this year, hasn't caught a ball yet. So, uh, you know, they got to get him get him a, at least a catch or so. Yeah, I think one. they don't like – so they've, they've been using Wilson sort of as a pass catching back. Yeah. And they, they used to – you know, they like having a Jamichael Hasty type to kind of, um, you know, lighten the workload a bit for the workhorse back like Wilson. So, yeah, maybe they use, use check – a little bit more this week while they try to just figure out this running back situation in the meantime. And Jimmy G's back. So, you know, yeah, Jimmy a lot G's of, a good, yeah. They exactly. say like those mobile quarterbacks don't tend to check down to the running backs, as, as, which is kind of true because when you, instead of, they yeah. just kind of scramble away, you know, they don't have to check it down, but uh, a less mobile guy like Jimmy G could be more likely to check it down. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see use check featured here. Cause he hasn't really made noise so far. They haven't unleashed him. Uh, this season, although he did get the he did get a rushing touchdown, so I guess they kind of unleashed. Him. Oh, uh, they I guess they already unleashed him, but yeah, he's he's obviously a great showdown slate type of play. All right, let's jump to the Monday night game: Dallas and the Giants in Jersey. Giants favored by one. The total is only thirty nine in this game, so uh, not a lot of scoring expected. Who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, gotta go with Saquon Barkley here because um, you know he's healthy. And he's back to operating as a true workhorse back. So, you know, he's seen 18 and 21 rush attempts in the first two games. Giants are one-point favorites. I mean, can, can you believe what's going on right now? So I, I expect them to lean on Barkley heavily here. Um, and he's running a healthy 77% routes run rate on the season. The wide receiver situation is a mess, to put it kindly. Um, so he has a chance to lead the team in targets as well, like he did in week one. So... Just on this slate, just got to go with Barkley here uh, for the freak performance of Monday Night Football. Yeah, I think, you know, Saquon is the top play. I mean, the, the pivot, I would say, is, is Zeke just because I mm-hmm. the passing games on both sides, I think, are could struggle a little bit. But uh, Zeke did see a snap rate increase from 58 to 67 percent last week. So if the Cowboys, you know, it's a, it's a one point spread, which means either team could kind of take control of the game and end up in a positive game script. So I think. Uh, Zeke would be the pivot off off Saquon. He's still, you know, he's still only caught two balls on the year, so it's not ideal. It seems like his passing game usage is going down, but uh, should should still see you know two thirds of the snaps and has an outside shot at getting you know twenty touches in the game. Yeah, and he should be sneaky. His roster ship will probably be too low here, at least in the captain slot, right? Yeah, because I think a lot of people will go with Ceedee Lamb as well. And yeah, I, I, what do you think of? Do you think? CD Lamb will be shadowed by Dory Jackson in this spot because Jackson's allowed nothing over the last 10 games. He's allowed 97 your, yards in his last 10 games. That's your guy. So, you know, better than me, but um, that would make sense. Uh, and, you know, Michael Gallup is returning. So, you know, he's going to be limited. I don't know why you wouldn't put your best player on lamb and with Dalton Schultz banged up too. It, it seems like they should put all the resources into slowing CD Lamb here. Yeah. I mean, Jackson hasn't played much in the slot, but Lamb has still been uh, the Cowboys slot receiver this year. He's played 61% of his snaps in the slot. So I would be surprised if they don't move him in there, especially in this matchup. But the Giants, you know, they like to blitz. They like to play a lot of man coverage. Dory Jackson has played in the slot before. So I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of up in the air. Like, I don't know for sure if he'll do it. Cause last week he followed around Robbie Anderson. 
and not DJ Moore. Not DJ Moore. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So it, it you know, it could I, it would they could put him on Gallup, but that seems kind of weird. Like you said, it would be his first game back. Yeah. He wouldn't be in there every snap. But I think it, it is something to kind of monitor with, with CD Lamb. Just, you know, I wouldn't go too crazy because there's a possibility right. you could see Adore Jackson on him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, so the first guy I'm going with is on the Cowboys side. It's a guy I think you mentioned uh, heading into week one, <laughs> uh, but Jake Ferguson. Um, and he might be a bit more obvious if Dalton Schultz is ruled out, but it does seem like Schultz is going to try to play through it. It's similar. I, I think it's the same exact injury Zeke had last year, right? It's his PCL, um, like a sprain. So it's going to be painful, but he could play through it. Schultz isn't the most athletic guy. We like him because just of the scheme and Dak Prescott. Um, so I don't know if Schultz is going to be able to perform well through this injury. Either way, Ferguson should step up like last week. Um, his restaurant rate jumped up to 24%. He hasn't seen a target yet this season, but that could change here. And I think you mentioned he, he, he's kind of like a red zone weapon potentially. Um, so he would be a bet for, you know, like a troll showdown site touchdown. Uh, but he's someone to monitor if Schultz is expected to be limited, which I think that will be the case. Ferguson will be the guy to step up. And then on the giant side, I mean, what a shit show this wide receiver situation is. I don't know how I project it, but David Sills right now is their number. He's operating as their number two wide receiver. Uh, just, you know, while Wandale Robinson and Kadarius Tony try to get healthy, Kenny Galladay's MIA, we have David Sills as the number two receiver. So I'm actually projecting him right around two, two and a half receptions just based on his underlying usage. Um, and I can't imagine his roster ship is going to be too high. So he's he's got to be my favorite dart throw on the giant side. So you had Dable asked about, Galladay because Galladay's in the media saying I should be playing and you know he's like hey this wide receiver situation is going to change from week to week so I it's it's one of those things where I don't even know if we can go straight off like the last week's usage because he's essentially like hey you saw it in week one we used a different rotation than we used in week two and like we're going to do a different rotation in week three so I I think you have to like any Giants receiver at this point is kind of in play even Kenny Galladay, as much as I hate to say it, <laughs> but uh, I would actually go with Kadarius Tony because I think out of the Giants receivers that really haven't, uh, you know, stepped like played a lot, I think he's the one that has the most talent. And D- Dallas is a, a man coverage team; they play the fifth most man coverage. Kadarius Tony, two point eight yards per route in his career versus man coverage. Uh, he's got 185 yards on, on just 67 routes, uh, 14 of 17. So this is really where he excels. He's only got 1.6 yards per route versus zone. Uh, David Sills in, in 25 career routes still hasn't caught a ball against man coverage. He's over three. I think that's on Daniel Jones too. He's not very good. I'm not, he's not, he's he's a good receiver by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination. Yeah. But what's up with, uh, Tony's hamstring? Like he wasn't able to practice. Yeah, I think um, he's on a uh, like a plan of you know kind of a maintenance plan because yeah he, he he had a I think he had a quote unquote setback last week but he did play more than he played in yeah. week one so I'm not too worried about it but I just think he has kind of the most upside to increase his playing time from where it's been at he's been around 25 35 percent so far. Tony doesn't need that much playing time anyway to put up big numbers. Yeah. He's obviously uh, arguably the most talented. Uh, wide receiver on his depth chart but yeah like you know week one when people are freaking out uh he only ran around 11 percent of dropbacks like 
that was obviously due to injury. He was like, you know, dealing with this hamstring injury and preseason stuff. So I wasn't worried about that. So once, once he is healthy, he's going to be, you know, the number two or three receiver. Uh, it just could take some time. So I do like that call, even if he's only running around 30 to 40% of the time still, uh, he still has enough, you know, potential to break the slate on that, you know, that kind of usage. Yeah. But it's, it's really, a, it's a toss up. I mean, we, we, we could think we know, uh, but it's like, <laughs> well, like, what are you, what are you doing with Kenny Gala there? What's your routes run projection uh, for him right now? Like, these are the things that like, I, I just don't know what to do right now. I have him at about 20%. So he's, okay. he had a, uh, five percent last week and 71 percent the week before so going with about two-thirds of last week and one-third of week one it'll it'll probably be zero or 70 right so we're just kind of hedging our bets like <laughs> yeah. it's and is this the week uh dable really throws a curveball and uh Darius slayton plays like 80 percent of the snaps or something like that could happen too i mean <laughs> I know, right? he's I mean, he's another one that's been better against man coverage in his <laughs> career so i i mean you would think like if there was a matchup yeah. for slayton it would be this one, like, but uh, Slayton, I think, would take the snaps of uh, of David Sills, I would think. So I, I don't know, yeah. how, like, because I think Sills, Slayton, and Galladay essentially would all play like that X receiver, right? And then, well, yeah, yeah, no, I, you, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> can, can Wandale and Tony just get healthy, please? Just save us. Yeah, and that's another thing that's like hard to figure out because Wandale got hurt, so we don't know yeah. where his playing time would have been if he hadn't. So even when he comes back, it's going to be tough to project all these guys, but yeah, I, it's the, the moral of the story is any one of these giants receivers <laughs> hit, or none of them could hit because you yeah. know, the total is 39. So maybe just you say, all right. I, I can't let you get out of here without asking. Um, is Chris. Myaric. Myaric. Yeah. So here he has a touchdown this year. He's sort of a quasi tight end fullback, like a, a Wesco. Yeah, like an H back. Yeah, an H back. So, um, is he an option, or is this is this finally the first showdown slate where we're just kind of um, ignoring fullbacks? You know, we're we're doing our best to to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. I think you know he isn't. He ran. He played uh, about thirty a third of the snaps last week. That was up from twenty three percent in week one. So I think he's always a kind of that like that option for that play action touchdown if they get around the goal line, and it would be kind of leverage on Saquon. So I don't hate it. Gary Brightwell actually got a fullback snap oh, last geez. week. He took a he took yeah. like a handoff. I think he got a key first down out of it. So uh, you know, uh, that's they, they're, they're using against, everybody. That's leverage against Barkley if you want to go there. But uh, and the tight end room is obviously a disaster. But it looks like Tanner Hudson might actually be their starting tight end. Not yeah, well. Year, last week so. they split him. They split the reps yeah. equally. Week one it was Tanner Hudson. Week two it was Bellinger and Hudson were equal, but Bellinger actually scored a touchdown. So that's another rookie that I feel like his, his usage will probably grow as the season progresses. So if I had to pick between the two, I would actually pick Bellinger. I just think he's trending up. Like Hudson was, Hudson was just kind of that veteran. He's always balls out in the preseason, but uh, yeah, we saw Bellinger made a play last week. Yeah. If you really want to get down the muck, you can target. I think the deep really (laughs) what we should say is the defenses and total 39. Yeah, you know it. Uh, the cow, Daniel Jones, turnover prone. You got Cooper Rush, who it, you know the Giants are going to blitz a ton. He's actually been really good against the blitz this year. Nine of ten, uh, hundred ten in a touch. But I think you know that could still create some big plays if the Giants are blitzing a lot against Cooper Rush. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think the defenses I, are both good, but better bets for a touchdown than usual. 
I could see Rush, you know, kind of forcing it to CD Lamb at times. Uh, maybe not being on the same page with Gallup. I don't. I'm not sure how much practice time they've had together, but certainly this is a slate uh, to to you know target both defenses. Uh, Saquon Zeke stacked with both defenses, and then you just yep there you take go. Your, take your pick as the last two guys <laughs> <laughs> and have like five thousand dollars. Yeah, over. yeah, oh, yeah. You don't want to spend all your salary on this <laughs> on this one. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Fancy Flex Week 3 Night Shift podcast. And uh, if you guys are looking for more uh, fantasy and DFS content, be sure to check out our fantasy preview episode on this channel where we break down uh, the main slate. And also you can check out our player projections episode over on the Action Network channel where we also dive into uh, a whole bunch of players uh, on the main slate, set some prop lines and all that good stuff. So uh, check them out. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our player projections and our fantasy football and NFL betting content, as well as fantasy lab for our DFS tools and models. Until next time, let's get this money.